Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, September 11th, 2023. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Hope you had a great weekend. And it's Monday. It's dark. I know you're probably not the most excited you have ever been. It's back to a full week this week. But it's time to do a little Kentucky Roll Call Radio here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We'll get you fired up, ready to go, get your week going. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Nick Roush, how are you? Um, up at Adam. Uh, ready for a new week. It was uh, a little different having NFL Sunday uh, after our college football. So I just felt like it's how much football can I cram into 48 hours, but also do all the other stuff in life. That's always a challenge, but I think we, we got a nice little balance in. So uh, ready ready to attack another another week. It's here. It's ready to be attacked. I, Friday, like, thank goodness we did the show. Like, if we didn't have the option to do the show from home Friday, I wouldn't have done the show. Not because I couldn't. Well, kind of because I couldn't. I would have been sneezing, coughing, blowing my nose. Luckily had that mute button, so you all weren't able to hear all of it. But probably every so often, maybe you heard me sniffling. Uh, I felt horrible on Friday, and I think I blew my nose the most I ever have in my entire career. Um, I can't like, and it wasn't green, which made me happy. But I was just like, "How can I continue? Like, how do I have anything left? There's just no way I've got anything left in my nose to blow out." But all day I did, and then that turned into as the day progressed into like one of my gnarliest coughs I've ever had, where it's just like felt I was shocked no body parts were being coughed up in the process so it was pretty miserable uh i was like maybe this is more than just allergies maybe i'm actually like i've got a cold or i'm sick um which i'm not 100 percent sure if it was or wasn't but i woke up saturday and felt better and still was really like sniffly uh, but the cough was not nearly as bad as it had been so that was the biggest concern so that was nice Took a lot of medicine still on Friday, just to, or Saturday, just to make sure I still felt good, um, and did, and ended up having a good day. And then Roush, I think I made the mistake where yesterday 
woke up, felt even better, still a little sniffly, you know, still like a little allergy stuff. But I was like, oh boy, compared to how I felt Friday, this is like, you know, this is real nice. I'm back. I'm fully back. And then kind of enjoyed the NFL Sunday probably more than I should have. And I'm, I'm thinking that that was a mistake because woke up this morning and now I've got the cough again, a little sniffly. So probably, uh, probably shouldn't, probably should have just taken it easy yesterday. Uh, not that I did anything crazy, but met up with the fantasy league, watched the one o'clock games. Uh, felt good to be back, but it was probably a little bit too too long of a day yesterday. So uh, not feeling amazing, but better than I had been. Uh, didn't go to the UK game on Saturday, but did watch on TV. Kind of happy that I didn't make the trip up there. I think I probably would have lost my mind as the game was going on. Uh, but we've got a lot to get to. This is a pretty anticipated show. Roush, I know you've got a lot to say on today's show. We're going to get to all of it. Uh, it was good to have NFL Sunday back. It was good to see everybody. Uh, I just think I'm paying for it again this morning. Scoots, how are you? How was your Friday? You, uh, your Hoosiers on the on the Big X on Friday night. Uh, how, how did it go? Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of it, and that was. Had I known on Friday that that was going to be a precursor for my weekend, I would have been a lot more depressed going into the weekend because essentially I worked all weekend, barely got to watch any football. I did watch, I guess, probably the second half of that Kentucky game. But other than that, I didn't watch a single snap of the Indiana game, didn't see a single snap of the Steelers game. I did get to watch maybe five minutes of the the Browns and the Bengals, so that was cool. And then, of course, I was watching the game last night as I was sitting on the couch, but yeah, I didn't didn't get nearly as much football this weekend as I would have liked. So I'm I'm pretty pumped up that we've got a solid game tonight, Bills and Jets. Looking forward to that one because I'm that's going to be appointment television for me with missing all the football this weekend. So yeah, I could have had a better weekend. I, I could have spent less time at the hotel, but you know, got to make money, got to help out when possible. So overall, I'm pretty good. It's great to hear. It's great to hear. I mean, worst weekend spent than than. Working, so hopefully uh, good for your wallet. Dis- disagree. Yeah, I, there's worse weekends spent. I mean, if at, least there, a- at least you're physically able to work. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, if you start thinking about it like that, yeah, there, there. I'm sure there are worse weekends, or I could have been in the hospital with a family member or something. Yeah, so it, it really could have been worse. But I didn't feel like in the moment this weekend that it could have been worse. I was, I was so heated all weekend. Like that's the last thing I want to do on Saturday is work and then to come back Sunday and just get my butt kicked again just it was a tough weekend so I'm glad to be back here back into the routine if you will Scoots we got to get you um we got to get your 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 adamant that your Hulu is good well why don't you watch it on your phone at the front desk just have it rolling Roush that was not an option yesterday I uh so I had to do something crazy in town like, do we have some sort of big event? I know no. next weekend it's probably going to be crazy. That's when all the music festivals start. No, it was not crazy, but I walked in yesterday. I walked in. We had five rooms that were clean, and we had 32 arrivals and only had three housekeepers, So, and one of them was working breakfast, so she's not going to clean a whole board. So I actually had to give one of our housekeepers 23 rooms, which the most they normally clean in a day is 15. So I hand her her board, and she's freaking out, and I'm like, hey, chill out. I'm going to help you. So I ended up cleaning rooms basically all day. Watching watching football was not an option, Roush. I, I wish it was. I really wish it was. I did sneak away to a room 
for five, ten minutes and, and sat down on the couch and watched the Bengals-Browns. That's the only time I got to watch any of that game is because I snuck into a room and turned it on the TV. Man, I um, I think the other move too, TJ, because we're trying to workshop here with Scoots on how he can mm-hmm. get away with working but not working. Um, earbuds. Earbuds, they could go a long way. And maybe you can't actually physically watch it. But you could you could listen to some yeah. some some of the action, and that that would have been better than no action at all. So yeah, that's that's a good idea. I'll I'll keep that in mind moving forward. But hopefully moving forward, typically Sundays at the hotel are pretty slow once we get past like the initial breakfast rush. But once everybody starts checking out, they're supposed to be slow. But yesterday was not slow. So. Hopefully, moving forward, we'll have some slow Sundays. I'll be able to chill out and watch some football. And then, of course, in, what, two and a half weeks, I'll be able to sit there and, and bet at work. So that'll be fun. Oh, that will be. It will be nice. I, I, I try to do the thing, TJ, where when I'm doing chores at home, I'm an earbuds in guy. Um, and so it, it's a good way to help pass the time uh, pretty quickly. Like yesterday, laundry, dishes, that's, that's a solid 15 minutes of just like, yeah, let me get in my whatever podcast I'm listening to or – uh, in yesterday's case, it, it was some of the NFL Sunday. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Doing chores while just kind of either getting lost in music is always a lot of fun. Or, yeah, more more importantly, sometimes a podcast or a show. Yes, Goots, I don't know. How, couldn't you just go into the rooms that you're cleaning and first priority, just you know, turn the TV on the game, and you won't be able to watch every single second of it, but you'll at least be able to hear the action. So if you hear somebody getting really excited, you could run into the room or run over to the TV and see what's going on. Is that a possibility? Uh, Normally, yes. Yesterday, no, because we were absolutely cooking in these rooms. I mean, we were in and out in six, seven minutes. She'd make the bed, clean the bathroom. I'd do everything else, and we'd be out of there. So, yeah, there really wasn't an option for that. Wow. Take it easy, Walter White. No kidding. (laughs) Cooking. Man, what what a weekend for old Scootsy. Did you at least have a good call Friday night? So you, you uh, did get to watch some football because you were broadcasting. Yeah, and you know I am f- grateful for that. I called probably one of the greatest games I have ever seen in person. Now my part of it, I think, could have been a lot better. I, I did struggle at times, tripped over a few words, so I wasn't ha- the happiest with my performance leaving the game. But yeah, it was a fifty to forty-seven game. It probably had four- wow. Probably 14 lead changes. I mean, it just kept going back and forth. I, I literally left Floyd Central on Friday night and was like, that was maybe the funnest game I've ever gotten to call just because of how it went down. I mean, and it took forever. I didn't get out of there until like 1030, but it was, it was a blast. Were you going crazy? Like, Oh, when, you gosh, know? yeah. I scream. I mean, there was – guarantee <laughs> there were times that my mic was overmodulated because I was hype. Was hype. That's good. Well, that's good. I wish I would have. I wish I would have heard it. Um, that would have been. That would have been enjoyable. Text on in five zero two four one four fourteen fifty to the Thornton's text line. And Roush, why should people stop at Thornton's? Thornton's is the best way to fuel up your day. Whether you, I mean, it's it's Monday. Come on, guys. We all need to pick me up to get the week off on the right foot. So stop on in. Grab yourself a hot coffee, donut, breakfast sandwich. Dell all the refreshing rewards at before you go. Um, and here, here's the here's the thing too, Scoots. The new spicy chicken sandwich has really broadened my Thornton's horizons because, like Saturday, uh, Sat- so Saturday was three o'clock kickoff for the Cats, and 
So that means like there's just a little bit more opportunity for some things to pop off scoots in the morning. So like, you know, it was an announced sellout crowd. So getting all of my ducks in a row before getting to Lexington when I needed to, I was rushing, burning and turning out the door, ran into a Thornton's, in and out in 30 seconds, grabbed a spicy chicken sandwich, and it held me over until I was able to get to Lexington. Thornton's always coming in the clutch uh, for one Nick Roush. Also, they I was in a Thornton's yesterday morning grabbing a, one of their delicious 89-cent fountain drinks. And there was a couple guys in there. They were looking for some breakfast options. There wasn't any burritos out. but they And they didn't want the croissants or the biscuits or whatever was out there at the time. So they just simply leaned over the counter, looked at the lady and said, hey, you making any burritos? And she looked right at him and she was like, yep, actually got them coming right now. So that's just, I mean, Ooh, that's just what you get at Thornton's. That, that is what you get. Good service. We love Thornton's. You will as well. Check them out. They're pretty much on every corner in Louisville. 5024141450 is the Thornton's text line. Text it on in. We'll read it on air. It was nice to have the NFL back yesterday in one of my fantasy leagues. I would have probably put up the most points. I'm going to end up second, if not for uh, Graham Gano, the kicker, putting up negative points yesterday. Uh, so that's probably going to end up costing me about $30. But what, what are you going to you know? Hey, oh, <laughs> I was like, seriously, no credit on that. No, it was good. I just had to let it marinate. That was, that, that, that was solid. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. And then in my other league, I will put up probably the fewest points I've ever put up in a fantasy league. And that's right, folks. That team led by one Joey Biscuits Burrow and T Higgins, who combined for like two and a half points. So I know that there's got to be some other listeners out there that were on the Joe Burrow, T Higgins train yesterday. I'm one of them, and it ended up being a disaster. So one fantasy league, amazing. The other fantasy league, not so good at all. Actually, embarrassingly bad, which is not what we were looking for whatsoever. We know that you don't care about fantasy leagues, and understandably so, but Roush... It was fun to get back into like the swing of things. It was fun to have Red Zone on. It was fun to be at a place and just looking, looking at TV, looking at TV, looking at TV, looking at TV. Uh, it was sensory overload for a little bit, but it was, it was nice to be checking the phone and scrolling. And then I did have in one of my leagues, Brandon Ayuk, who was one of the big biggest scorers in fantasy yesterday. So every time he'd score a touchdown or get a big gain, it was fun to refresh the phone see the updated scores. It was just long, long story short, it was good to be back. It was nice to be back yesterday. Uh, hopefully your all's bets in fantasy leagues went went pretty well. Uh, our our pick 'em league for me, not going so hot, but still early in the season, a lot of time to figure that stuff out. But hopefully your all's fantasy teams didn't uh, didn't poop the bed in week one. Um, I wish they had NFL defensive fantasy because Josh Allen would be number one, one overall. Sacked Anthony Richardson three times yesterday. Um, that ended up being a pretty fun game uh, between the Jags and the Colts where they were kind of going back and forth there for a while before um, the Jags uh, made a big play in the fourth quarter uh, and then responded up winning, I think, by 10. Um, but that 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 was, that was fun. Um, I enjoyed – the angst amongst Bengals, like, because the, the 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 angst among Bengals and Kentucky fans, the the kind of Venn diagram there, they're just a miserable bunch right now, and they were hoping that 
Joe Burrow would give them some offensive fire, firepower to uh, change up their day. And instead, just the rain, the Browns' defense, it was suffocating. Uh, but it was fun to see, like, the uh, – in stark contrast to Saturday where you had a bunch of games. Like, if you were playing football in North Carolina, we had the Wake Vandy game, NC State Notre Dame. There was a bunch of games that got uh, lengthy lightning delays. The scoreboard even went out there for a little bit in Raleigh. But um, in Cleveland, it was just like, all right, it's going to just pour, and the Cleveland fans are going to go nuts because they're beating up on Joe Burrow. Um, that was fun. It was fun. Hey, just the red zone, it's so great. My my mother, she's not a fan. My wife really isn't that much of a fan either. They say too much is happening to keep up with, and I'm just like, oh, this is the best. We're just juggling back and forth, back and forth. Um, it's a ball. Uh it was not fun, though, Scoots is keeping up with the Steelers because they – like, T.J. Watt is so I, – I feel like they're just wasting T.J. Watt because he is so incredible at football. He broke James Harrison's career sack record um, or franchise sack record, uh, and he did it in, I want to say, 80 fewer games than James Harrison did it in. Uh, had the strip sack. I mean, he's just – he's so good. He's so incredible. But the Steelers, they, they stink. And Matt Canada should, has no business being gamefully employed in the National Football League. We've got to keep in mind, Roush, that Harrison was an undrafted free agent. So TJ Watt should have 80 or more sacks and 80 less games than him or whatever. So that, that was what, what honestly. What does that have to do with him as a player? Oh, like, come, I don't know. I think it does. I think that factors in. But anyway. James that Harrison's was, one of the greatest NFL defensive players. He's like one of the scariest guys to ever played defense in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. But the guy was undrafted. Whereas TJ Watt had expectations coming in. I don't know if that factors in or not, but that's how my brain thinks. But anyways, that was the best Fair part enough. about my Sunday is the fact that I was too busy and didn't get to watch a second of the Steelers game. Looked at the score when I got off work and I was like, oh my gosh, what an embarrassment. Yeah. What a freaking embarrassment. Maybe now I'll start to believe in the 49ers. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They got a lot of talent, and Brock Purdy doesn't have to be a hero. Like right. They're also, in you mentioned Ayuk's big day, TJ, but just from a, you know, he he does, he gets lost in the shuffle of all, like how good everybody else is on that team. Because typically it's Debo that gets most of those touches, but Ayuk, he's physical and. Hell, part of what makes his game great is his ability to block as a receiver. That big run that Christian McCaffrey had, he made a block that kind of helped spring him. Yeah, I've I, he's been on a fantasy team of mine a time or two, and he's never really done much for me, so it was nice to see him have a big game. But you're right, between Kittle, McCaffrey, Devo, he, he does get lost in the shuffle. And did I hear you blaming Canada? Blame Canada? That, should we play the song? Oh, yeah, I, it's uh, it's brutal. Uh, I just, I, you know, some of it doesn't help that, like, Kenny Pickett is not a world beater in his second year. But, like, also, maybe run it with Najee Harris more than four times. I think he had four <laughs> rushes for 24 yards. Like, what are you doing? You all picked him 15th overall. This is only his, his second or third year. But, like, run the damn ball. I just, I don't understand it. I don't like it. Uh, but, on a lighter note, TJ, your Green Bay Packers beat the hell out of the Bears. I, I didn't get the full four o'clock slate in, but you told us to bet like the, the Bears were going to beat up on the pack. What the hell was that? 
What the hell was that? Have you ever heard of a reverse jinx before? Have you ever heard of... So all Green Bay fans, you all are welcome. I uh, just had to lay down the jinx the right way. And it's oh, that, fun. That's what it was. It no, was I, I, I was, I, I was, that game surprised me uh, in a lot of different ways. One, I did not think Green Bay was going to win. So was absolutely thrilled seeing not only a win, but just a total beatdown. Not really competitive in the fourth quarter. That was awesome. But especially with Green Bay being banged up as they were, I didn't think the offense was going to look that great. I, I thought the defense was going to have a good chance. I didn't think that like the Bears' offense was going to make them look silly. I just thought it'd be a low-scoring game, and with the Bears being at home, that they'd win by you know a field goal or a touchdown late, and it would be kind of a tough spot for Jordan Love to be in it being his first game as a actual real starter in a in a meaningful NFL game. Um, but no, they came out and they just took it to him right off the get go. Jordan Love was just making some really, really nice throws. He was on the money. It, and this is why uh, I'm sure there's people listening know, knowing that I was going to say this because I probably sound like a, brec- a broken record with it. But this is why this is this was the plan with Jordan Love. You, you drafted him. Everybody kind of ridiculed Green Bay for doing that. Aaron Rodgers had his little feelings hurt that they didn't draft a wide receiver, which granted at the time seemed like a legitimate gripe. Unless you thought that Jordan Love was going to be another great NFL quarterback. In which case, to get him at the spot that you could get him at in that draft, it was worth taking him. It was worth putting him on the shelf. And then eventually when he was going to take over the reins, it wasn't supposed to be like a rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, he's going to need you know a couple seasons to figure it out. It was going to be when you take over – we don't want Green Bay Packers to take a dip as a franchise or as an organization. We just want to stay kind of level. Yeah, maybe we aren't a Super Bowl contender your first year, but still should be competitive in the North. And that looked like a dude that can be competitive in the North yesterday. It looked like everything Green Bay had drafted him for and their entire plan, it looked like it had a little merit to it. And it seemed like they maybe know what they're doing. It's a long season. The Chicago Bears stink. Green Bay is going to play better teams. But it looked like everything that they had in mind when they drafted him in 2020, it seemed like you could see why yesterday um, in that game. Because his throws, he's not a rookie, so he didn't look like a rookie, but he definitely didn't look like somebody that was just kind of brand new to the NFL. Uh, It looked like somebody maybe that had learned under Aaron Rodgers for a couple seasons and was ready to now lead the offense. So I was really, really impressed with Jordan Love. He has probably one of the worst receiving cores, at least how it stands right now, in the NFL. And, you know, I think that probably a better receiving core than the Chiefs. But they looked a, Green Bay's offense looked a lot better than Kansas City's offense. And I don't think we're going to be saying that a lot this season as the year goes on. But at least for a one-game sample size, Jordan Love, with a limited weapon, with a limited arsenal, I should say, went out there and was on the money. So that was a lot of fun as a Green Bay fan. I was kind of having a tough time believing what I was seeing, but that made it even all the more fun. Aaron Jones was getting going, and all around, great day for the Packers. That was that was great. Probably a lot better than losing 30-7. to seven. Yeah, yeah, probably was. Um, that was a bit of a shock. What The game that wasn't a shock was watching the Chargers and the Dolphins have just an absolute shootout. Uh, that game, that game was a lot of fun. Um, so off to a nice start to NFL did not get, 
man, I, it, it at least was a, an easy way to just say you've watched enough football today. When I mean, Cowboys block a field goal, return it to the house on the opening Giants possession, and then it was forty to nothing. Last I saw, um, pretty. Pretty embarrassing. Hey, maybe don't put a bunch of NFC East games in primetime. Like, let's can we not do that? Can we can we change that up? Give that a rest. Uh, that I, you know, we were screaming that back in like 2013, and since then they've just even gone heavier on NFC East games. Uh, there's no chance NFC East games, whether we want them or don't want them, Roush, they're going to be stuck in primetime oh, for the gosh. rest of our lifetime. But as Scoot said, at least we got Bills Jets should be should be fun um, today. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, baby, that, yeah, I'm pumped for it. I, I don't think I've been excited for a non-Packers Monday Night Football game like this ever. So right. that it, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well um, because the, it could end up turning into a shootout. It can end up being ugly. Like there's, I mean, it just yeah. I don't I don't really know, especially the way that. A lot of the week one stuff, like you just like I, I did buy some of the Bears offseason hype stuff, and they absolutely laid an egg. Like, how much of the hype is going to actually translate? You just don't know. Same with the Seahawks. Like, that was a shocking result yesterday. Um, I think they had three yards in the second half until like late in the fourth quarter. Um, so, like, there was a, I mean, heck of a win by the Rams. So, the, I, how much offseason hype versus actual production? You you just you don't know. You're not sure. Oh, you mean Geno yeah, Smith I'm... stinks? Huh? Oh, nobody. Shots surprised. fired to Geno. Nobody's surprised. Shots fired to Geno Smith. He does stink. Uh, it, it does appear that he stinks. I'm excited to really be able to to appreciate the full Aaron Rodgers watching experience. Where as a Packers fan, you're able to watch all of his great throws and sometimes you know bad throws or mistakes which those were fewer and farther between but then you'd occasionally get the Aaron Rodgers freak out and as a Packers fan it wasn't really all that fun to watch now like it's going to be great you know either he goes out there he'll probably make some insane throws Garrett Wilson will probably have some awesome catches that'll be fun to watch but you know if he yells at an offensive lineman I'll be able to enjoy it more now Roush it'll be good entertainment instead of me worrying about my team potentially collapsing uh, just based off the words of a quarterback. So I'll get the full kind of enjoyment of taking it all in. Uh, and did you see uh, he was wearing Auburn gear on Sunday because he his his Cal Golden Bears lost to the Tigers? Uh, that Rodgers, he's, he's a real goofball, really endearing self to his teammates. That might be the last we see of goofball Aaron Rodgers this year. Who did – yeah, no kidding. Who, who did he make a bet I, with? I don't know. SEC yeah. Network shared it. Um, I wonder who on the team. I'm trying to think, but probably plenty of people. Yeah, but that's good. That's a fun uh, NFL Monday night game. First one of the year. And then, unfortunately, we will have to wait Tuesday and Wednesday to get to Thursday for more football. But I think we can figure that stuff out. There's a lot to get to on today's show. Roush really got people all sorts of fired up. Over, over on some social media posts. I really did, yeah. You did, you did, you really, really did. We're going to talk about that. Kentucky football got a lot of people all worked up regarding yeah. their performance on Saturday. We will definitely discuss that. Uh, but before we head to a break, obviously remembering 22 years ago, the terrorist attacks on 9-11, 
I feel like, Roush, we've done so many radio shows where we've talked about where we were and the timeline and all that sort of stuff. Maybe maybe later in the show we'll get to that and and you know there's it's it's worth remembering that stuff but we probably we don't really have it scheduled or planned to today but we definitely do have a plan to mention and and of course pray for the victims of i can't believe it's been 22 years but of 9 11 the terrorist attacks of that day which started around 8 46 a.m in the morning so we are thinking about that i don't think we're going to probably turn it into a show topic today because there's just so much to get to but yeah, uh, a day that if you lived it, you certainly will never forget it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. It was a touchy tribute and memory to 9-11 victims right into ice cream paint job there to end that break. I was gonna uh, I was gonna thank you for that. Because I had I have thought about doing 9/11 music today, uh, but I just I there were a lot of songs written about 9/11, but I couldn't really put a ones together that made sense. So I decided to go with. I asked Gil last night. I said, "What what would you want to hear if you're if you're a Kentucky fan after that stinker of a game on Saturday?" And I was like, uh, "Maybe maybe 90s hip hop, early 2000s hip hop. That might get people out of their funk, but." Yeah, you're you're right, TJ. I sh- should have went with the 911 music, and I hate that I played that song right after your touching tribute. But that's par for the course with me, right? That uh, was a very touching tribute. I mean, that was about <laughs> as touching as a tribute as it gets. Uh, very emotional words coming from me there. Uh, no, it, that that was pretty on par for Kentucky roll call. <laughs> Anytime we do anything sort sort of serious, normally we like to do it before break because you know you come back from the break, you're able to get back into the silliness and the goofiness and all that stuff. But it seems like it never fails. Like if so, if there's like, and before we go to the a break, we we're sad to say that so and so has passed away, and it always just seems like we play something wildly inappropriate unintentionally going to the break for that song it's usually like very raunchy rap music or something along those lines not that ice cream paint jobs overly raunchy but maybe also not the 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 best song to play (laughs) but uh, what what other you know i can think of probably like two 9-11 songs but what what songs are you thinking of scoops see that's the thing i had to look up a list this morning or yeah this morning and i was like i don't I don't want to play any of this. I, so I can think of courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Obviously, everybody knows that one. And then Taylor Swift had one. There was one by Taylor Swift had what? a 11 song. She did, dude. She, yeah. Oh my gosh. Which well, which one? Uh, I'd have to look up the list again. Let me bad, let me see is if it I can bad pull it blood. Up. No. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> too much, Rouse. Too much. Yeah. I just uh, uh, let's see. I got the article. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I we can say something nice, but like also, um, yeah, I don't know. Part of 
part of winning, uh, like is, part of it's moving on, right? Like, isn't that part of not like, you know, I don't know. I'm having a bad time being eloquent about it because you don't want to be insensitive, but also it's like, yeah, I mean, do we need, do we need like Leo Greenwood every September 11th for the next 60 years? I don't think that's necessary. So Taylor Swift actually wrote a wow. song called Didn't They? And it was a song she recorded before her first record deal. So it's not a very popular song, but it was written about 9-11. Lyrics like, where were you? And didn't they need you enough? Stuff like that. So, yeah. Then you got Freedom by Paul McCartney. Uh, you've got a My Chemical Romance song that was written for 9-11. Yellow Card. My so, see, it just it just doesn't. I couldn't, I couldn't fix it all. Yeah. Fit it all together, you know? No, no, you, you, you didn't need to either, Scoots. You didn't need to. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. Um, we're stumbling all over this, so let's just talk Kentucky football, TJ. We're just we're, we. I don't. We're forty minutes into the show. We need to talk about Kentucky's twenty-eight seventeen victory Saturday over EKU. It was ugly. It wasn't great. Um, Kentucky commits a false start on a quarterback sneak on their third play. Really got the the thing off of uh, to a rocky start. Uh, you get a punt. It's blocked. EKU scores a few plays later. Um, it was it was what you've come to expect when these two teams meet. An ugly, clunky affair. Um, one that you thought that this program had gotten over to avoid. Um, but when you commit a bunch of penalties, you shoot yourself on the foot. Uh, this is what happens when it's a big deal to that team. A team that knows you very well filled with players that would like to be on your team. So it didn't go according to plan, but I thought Kentucky at least did um, flip a switch there in the second half offensively. Defense, the third down defense is still very bad. Um, I don't have it pulled up. Uh, I think it's 15 of 27 in two weeks that they're allowing opponents to convert. That's that's bad. That's bad. I think some of it's on the safety play. Uh I don't know if those were all third down plays, but I can at least think of a couple where they're just they're taking bad angles. They're not having good leverage on tackles. They're not getting their heads across people's bodies. They were supposed to be the strength of the secondary. And while they've forced some turnovers and they've had some moments, they haven't been as rock solid as I anticipated going into this year. Now, that's just I they can't be attributed to a lot of it, but I uh I you know, I think the defensive line's gotten close a couple of times, but the two third downs, um, at least the second one where they scored, Parker McKinney scored the touchdown, just horrific angle to make the tackle there um, by one of the safeties. And there's one of them. And then I, I think the other third and long, they might have had a penalty, um, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, the the you could tell after the game, TJ, when you were sitting in that press conference. That Mark Stoops was like, well, all the stuff I kind of bitched and moaned at him last week, none of it really stuck. So, like, I'm not going to sit up here and bitch and moan at him again. We got the win. We got through it. Um, and let's just not – let's not kill ourselves over it. Let's move on to the next and try to figure out how we're doing better because it wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. But they did what they had to do. And um, if you're worried that, like, Kentucky – or is this – What's this mean for the season? Like, how, uh, first and foremost, Kentucky's not the first team to struggle with an FCS team this year. They were not the only team that did. Um, I don't think Tennessee fans were saying that they're done because they struggled against Austin P. 
I think they needed a fourth quarter touchdown to win 30 to 17. Um, so you're not alone. And also, in every one of these FCS games, like if you go season by season, Mark Stoops has a 10-win season where he struggled with an FCS team. He has a two-win season where he blew out an FCS team. Like there's not any – it doesn't provide some sort of indicator as to what the team's going to be like that fall. Um, so I I just – I don't think you can read too terribly much into this game. Um Wilkett and I were talking as we were leaving, TJ, and he's like, man, it's kind of felt like a November basketball game where it's just like, it's not pretty, but you're just like, we'll just win and we'll get to the next bad team and hopefully they look better then. Yeah, no, there, there's some similarities to that for sure. Uh, it, it was it was, a, it was a bad game and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's really no rationalizing that Kentucky should beat Eastern Kentucky more than that. They shouldn't be trailing in the second half. Uh, just a lot of the things that happened on Saturday shouldn't happen, but they did. And I agree a lot with your sentiments that this doesn't, you know, you, you just move on to the next one. This doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a big deal. This doesn't have to be super concerning unless you allow it to be. And I'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit, but Rash, I think it started. I, what I found to be interesting was you, your tweet basically kind of calling that like, huh? Kind of a weird atmosphere here. You were talking about it when yeah. just kind of walking through tailgates and parking it was, lots. It was I, I don't know. It was very still. Like there was it was a sold out crowd, but it was overcast. It was cool. Like people were fired the hell up at nine AM for the first weekend. It was sunny. This one it was just like kind of business. It wasn't very party like. It was a very weird atmosphere. And then that led even all the way to when the team ran out of the tunnel and you just, you, you kind of painted this picture that like, Hey, energy just all around team fans, environment, atmosphere, Kroger field, everything's a little flat. And then you saw that with UK's play. So that, that ended up translating to the field. It's almost like you did call that this performance was coming. I just didn't see it. Um, I, I knew that EKU was going to be motivated. They were going to, be the you know their coaches were probably going to take this a little bit more seriously their players were probably going to be up for this game a little bit more than Kentucky's players those are things you could understand but I still even thought taking all that in consideration a Scott Satterfield Cincinnati team just absolutely beat the brakes off these guys that even Kentucky may not just be able to even help themselves by running up the score uh, not the case they struggled at times moving the ball they struggled a time stopping Eastern Kentucky. I, I thought that Kentucky's defense was getting out-schemed a little bit, Roush, which is concerning. Um, Eastern Kentucky ran the same play a couple times to a lot of success, and Kentucky just wasn't there for the adjustments. EKU kind of knew if we take this guy out of this, then this guy, the running back, should be wide open, and, and it worked, uh, unfortunately, for Kentucky. It was just all around bad. It was all around just not a good game. We can kind of – break down exactly what went wrong. You can find a couple positives about it. Kentucky would have scored on their final five possessions, which is the offense. It, it seems like this offense maybe is going to take a little time to get fired up. You're going to have to prime it a little bit before you get it churning and burning. But they would have scored on their final five possessions, the fifth being the one they ran the clock out on, but they could have scored there right, right. If, they, if they had wanted to. So there are some positives to be able to take away. For as much as we criticize the defense, and I don't think that you should have 
had the performance that they should have had against Eastern Kentucky. What Roush on the season? They're averaging, you know, they're only giving up 15 and a half points per game. Was it a yep. 14, 14 to Ball State, 17 to Eastern Kentucky? Again, you yep. can make a case that maybe both those teams shouldn't even break double digits against Kentucky, but they barely are. So even though it can be frustrating and ugly at times, it's still a pretty low number, all things considered, uh, even if it is bad talent and a, and a bad opponent. But th- we'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do against Akron. If they come out against Akron and they're fired up and they beat the brakes off them like we think that they probably should, then who cares? You're going to move past it. You're not gonna you're not gonna go into the Vandy game or go into the Florida game and say, well, yeah, but against Eastern Kentucky, you can put this one behind you just by going and playing good yeah. football, and we'll completely forget about it. Or Roush, they'll go play Akron. It'll be similar to Ball State, where it's like, yeah, not terrible, but also maybe we wanted to see a little bit more, and we'll still have these concerns. So you go into Vandy, and I, I don't know, we'll maybe have to change our outlook on the season. But this can this only has to be a stinker if they let it be a stinker moving forward. Like it, it can be just a past tense stinker. Like, yep, that game stunk, but they came back and beat Akron by forty five. They obviously just weren't totally into that EKU game for whatever reason. A couple guys didn't play uh, against Eastern Kentucky. Maybe did did we find out the story for some of the people that sat? Who was it? Flax? Uh, no. There were a couple uh, other guys, right? There was. Uh, you know, I I didn't pay the closest attention because I, I didn't even – I didn't notice if they were actually there or not. The one thing that was nice about pregame tailgate is I ran into a guy that I lived in the frat house with like 12 years ago. I hadn't seen him since, so that was kind of neat. And he brought a bunch of spotted cow down from Wisconsin, so I would got in late. I wasn't sitting around watching the sidelines see who was there and who wasn't there. Uh, but I think Flax – was suspended for something he did that last year as well i'm not sure if it was academic if it was disciplinary or whatever it might be but yeah i'm pretty pretty sure that was the case um yeah and i forget the other guys i was listening on the jordan uh, robinson was out he was injured and they think they just need him back jq hardaway gotten three big explosive plays he's allowed in uh two games in hell he'll even like play it well until the very end and then just like, come on, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I, I just overall takeaways. I'm not probably as like mad or disappointed, maybe as I should be, and and it is just because in the grand scheme of things, this could be a November basketball game. Like th- th- this can be totally meaningless. I think it's a little bit of a red flag. I think that maybe you know this team's a little further off than we thought. I did like Mark Stoops' comments talking to Tom Leach after the game. At first, he, he started by just, like, really praising EKU. And I wasn't crazy about that. Because, like, you can praise them all you want. At the end of the day, it's Kentucky. You, you, you need to take care of these teams, regardless of how hard they played or, you know, how they're underrated talent-wise. He, he was just being incredibly complimentary. And that's, under, that's a little bit coach-speak, but it's also – a little bit cover in your butt, too, because the more you talk up the opponent that just kind of made things closer than they should have been, it makes you look a little bit better. So initially when he was doing all this, I was like, oh, no, this is not what I wanted to hear from him, Roush. Like, I, 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 wanted, I wanted something different. Whatever I wanted to hear, it wasn't this. Well, eventually he got to what I wanted to hear, and that was just flat out no – I think Mark Stoops 
doesn't lie very well. So like when he's kind of doing coach speak or BS, it's easy to tell. But I don't think he can do that all that easily. So I think normally he's just kind of honest. And just hearing him talk about how confident he will be with this team, how he's not worried about this at all. And you can just hear in the sound of his voice that he meant it. That like this, this, I don't think he was worried about the way they looked whatsoever. And then he started kind of talking about a couple of the, the positives of the game and just continued to reiterate that, like, we're going to be fine. This isn't anything I'm worried about. I've had other teams do similar things to this. He didn't even – it wasn't like a beg or a plead to the fan base to hang with them, but he was just basically flat out said that, like, you, nobody should, should be jumping off the ship just because of this game. We're going to be right. fine. It's going to be a really fun season. He was incredibly confident, and it wasn't like used car salesman, fake confidence. It was, I think, him just being totally genuine that he is not the least bit concerned about a poor performance against EKU, and I, I still think he thinks this could be a really, really good team. And you look around the SEC, and it's it's been underwhelming, uh, really across the yep. board for teams. Uh, Georgia beat Ball State in a similar fashion to Kentucky did. Uh, bet, you know they they had a bigger margin of victory, but not by a ton. So. Um, I'm not, I'm also with Stoops that like that was bad and it was disappointing to see him come out and play that way. But I'm not changing my I'm not changing anything about my big picture. I want now if they go out and they stink against Akron, maybe I will. If you go out there and you're not good against Akron, then I will get worried about for the Vanderbilt game. I'll get worried about the Florida game. But just one second game of the season. Again, I talked about it. You've got this light start to start the year. You may as well use it. Uh, and they are. They're getting a. They're getting a lot of the, the stuff figured out that they need to get figured out. And a win's a win. They don't paint any pictures on the on the record page. And the cats are two and zero, just like we all anticipated. I'm not really trying to like spin it at all. They look terrible, Roush. But I'm just saying like, like it's not really going to change anything for me, big picture. I would like for them to paint pictures on the record page. That would be like how, the, how like, the two would the be a very ugly two. Yeah. And and also, would it be? I, I envision it as like a 18th century, um, like Washington crossing the Delaware sort of deal, like one of those old uh, engravings. <laughs> I like it. That's a, uh, you know, like you know, the 2018 season picture is just something really beautiful, and then like Stoops' first year picture is just a finger painting. Like Scoots just gets, you know, he gets a couple colors, gets to put it on the canvas. It just depends how good the season is, how nice the, the painting of the record actually is. I think we're onto something here, Roush, but maybe well, again, maybe more of a Wednesday topic. Right, right. Uh, but I, a lot of what you point back to is untimely penalties. You think about this game a lot differently if Josh Caddis doesn't get blown for a holding, that it was, I mean, it was questionable. But Ray Davis runs it inside the two on third down. Instead, holding call brings it back. Next play, Devin Leary throws an interception. I mean, that's a it's a, it's a point swing right there, right? I mean, uh, same thing with the quarterback sneak that results in a punt block. Um, if Eastern Kentucky, like Stroops even alluded to some funny business um, that EKU was shouting out Kentucky's cadence, I mean, that's the sort of funny business they only know because EKU has intimate knowledge of the Kentucky football team because they've got a bunch of staffers that were on this coaching staff two months ago, right? Like CJ Conroy was here in June. So you take out some of that funny business, you turn those uh, mistakes into points. It looks a lot different because really what much most of this comes down to is the offense has just started slow. 
once they get rocking and rolling, they look great. I mean, they score touchdowns in four straight possessions. They move the sticks. Then they get playing with a little bit of tempo, uh, using the play action, creating explosive plays. Uh, they just, they've been slow starts. I think after, so when Leary threw that touchdown to Tavion at the end of the half, I think that he was 11 of 14 for 224 and four touchdowns. Like, I mean, that's, that's efficient as hell. I mean, that's about as good as he gets from a quarterback. And, you know, a lot of it comes back to they aren't really running the football in the first half. Maybe they need to do more of that to be able to get them going. I don't know what the solution is to that problem. And we also don't know how they're going to find that solution because um, I, I, when I get Sunday phone calls, it's a little bit like, oh, no, what, the, what just happened? What's going on? And I was scrambling a little bit when the University of Kentucky released a statement that Liam Cohen um, underwent a medical issue, I believe, was the exact terminology. I should have had the statement pulled up when, uh, but uh, yeah, it was 1240. He was, he had a medical episode while at work at UK's office on campus. I already was watching film when all this happened. Um, he's currently in good condition and he's expected to be released today. Um, pretty scary stuff. I know some of the initial stuff I, I've heard sounded worse than what we heard towards the end of the night and from this UK statement. So that was encouraging. Um, but <laughs> scary, scary stuff where he's only, I mean, what, like 34, 35, um, and has to be rushed to the hospital because of a medical episode. So I know our concerns are first and foremost with him. I'm sure there's plenty of people around the team that are just kind of frightened. Um, hopefully he's okay. We're not, we'll hear from Mark Stoops and maybe provide some clarity today at noon. Typically when they've been offensive coordinator list, he hasn't just assigned the task to one person. It's been, we're going to do a task force sort of deal. Um, but at least in the short term, sounds like Liam's going to be all right. I wouldn't be shocked if he took the week off, but you know, maybe, maybe this does it, it, it's, it's felt like this offense and this team in general has been really straining to just be perfect. And hopefully that hopefully this scare is just a small blip on not only Liam's health, but also like, hey, everybody, like let's just lighten up and let's just play football. When we get on the field, we'll play football hard and that will take care of the rest. Cause it's it's felt like at times this offense is just trying to do so much that they can't just like relax and play. And once they do the, the big plays happen because, uh, and I don't mean to get too far away from it for hearing from you, TJ, but like after the game, Tavion Robinson, he played his best game in a long time. And he was just very matter of fact in his approach. Like, Hey, we, um, I, they asked me to do my job. I did my job and I did it. It wasn't anything crazy. Devin just threw it to me and I caught the ball. Um, have, like lightening up a little bit. They could go a long way. Hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully this coaching staff can realize that. Cause that's, that's scary stuff, TJ. They're, they're, I'm, I'm sure they were all a little bit shook over at the football facility yesterday. Yeah, we'll talk more about the game. And again, yeah, Robinson, Tavion, he was awesome. He, thank goodness UK had him. He was balling out in a major way. But you're right. Like there's, and that's part, that's part of this is that like I think there's more concerning things about just the performance against Eastern Kentucky and in a very serious way. It's that you want your offensive coordinator to be healthy. 
you hope that he can get back as soon as possible, but his main concern is making sure that he's going to be okay. I, I like hearing those updates, Roush. That makes us feel all better, and we're thinking and, again, praying for, for Liam Cohen, and uh, we'll look forward to that update from Stoops today. But, yeah, if he's got to miss if he's got to miss Akron week, if he's got to take some time off, that's totally understandable. He's got to make his health number one priority, and then hopefully he can he can get back sooner than later, and then UK football will uh, will rally around him in the meantime. Hour number one's done. We're going to keep talking UK EKU in hour number two. We'll get to the Thornton's text line as well. Uh, really anxious to see what song Scoots has lined up here as we're thinking about Liam Cohen. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Gale. In a dash, mash up and that's headed for the west. Everything is great. Slow down for the depth on 108. Keep mashing. Don't drink and dry to keep the flow from crashing. Stashing a clock and I thought you knew it. You know how we do it. Coming from the west side, west side. Over? You say over? I heard the family! Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Roll 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay the show 9 to 11, and you can listen to Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Best time of the year. Uh, we get football on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, it's great. It's a lot better than summer radio. That's for sure. So we appreciate everybody that's been texting in. we got a lot to get to. And we're going to continue our Kentucky versus Eastern Kentucky conversation. Scoots, did you watch the, the UK game? Uh, I was able to listen to probably the second quarter on radio, and then I got home and I watched the third and the fourth quarters. So I was I wasn't like paying attention like I should have been. I was kind of loosely paying attention to it just because I was so exhausted and mad that I had to work on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Should UK fans be concerned? Yeah. So. I didn't, like I said, I didn't get to watch the first half. It seems like out of the two halves, that was the more concerning half. So You got the good half. Yeah, I, I, well, from what I watched, I, I don't know. I don't think there's any reason to be concerned. I mean, like you all said it, it's it's a win. You got the win. You've got to find a way to move on. It's on to the next one at this point, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter how it happened. Like you said, TJ, nobody's going to remember this come week five, week six. They're just going to look back and be like, oh, we were 2-0. So, no, I don't think any concern is, is there to be had. Yeah, if they come out and they stink against Akron, then it's probably just like, all right, well, Kentucky's probably not at this juncture a very good football team. But you can still be a very good football team and have a bad game. And let's just hope that's what this was against Eastern Kentucky. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little concerning for sure. Roush, you don't seem to be all that concerned about it. I think I think for a radio show, we have all similar sentiments that like, yeah, not great, but this there's no reason really to totally overreact because UK just let Eastern Kentucky hang around for much longer than they should have. But people didn't like the fact that you were 
rationalizing it by talking about how good of a team Eastern Kentucky is. So, Roush, I'll give you the, the stage to talk about your tweets that got so many people worked up. So, EKU is a good football program. They've won. They won the A-Sun in back-to-back years. The A-Suns merged with the WAC. Now they're now in the United Intercollegiate Conference. Um, and they were picked to win it. They have a right tackle that's going to get drafted, and they have a quarterback that broke all of EKU's single-season passing records last year and was a finalist for the Walter Payton Award and an All-American. So, yeah, like they, they're pretty good for an FCS team. Their defense is the only thing – I mean, their defense stinks, um, and Kentucky should have scored more points against them. But that – the frustrating part of all of this, TJ, is like – it's 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 less about like saying that because like we were saying that throughout the week, people just they don't give a damn. Scott Satterfield scored sixty six points, so sh- Kentucky should have scored one hundred and thirty six. Like that's how this works, guys. Just because Scott Satterfield blew out Eastern Kentucky doesn't mean he beat UK. Kentucky beat Scott Satterfield by a million because he was coaching U of L. That game mattered to Kentucky. They got up for it and they beat the snot out of him four years in a row. It's the same reason why EKU play Kentucky close, because they're Kentucky. Were they going to play Cincinnati close? No. You know, Satterfield might have a decent team, but you cannot use the transitive property to just, like, assume that a team is good or bad. Over the weekend, Texas Tech, they had Oregon on the ropes. Could have, would have, should have won that game. They they fell apart in the fourth quarter, and I think I jinxed them. So, sorry to Texas Tech, but Texas Tech lost to Wyoming last week. Does that mean Wyoming... Should be able to play close to Oregon? No, like that's not how. <laughs> Same thing. Like, is is Austin P better than Virginia because they only lost to Tennessee by seventeen points and Virginia lost by thirty some odd, whatever. That that's not how this works. Even though I love to say that Kentucky was better than Ohio State in two thousand seven because Kentucky beat LSU, therefore, and LSU beat Ohio State, therefore, Kentucky's better. Like, yes, it's fun to do that as a fan. But you can't actually believe what's coming out of your mouth when you say that because games, each single game is in a vacuum. Can you get a better idea of what a team is? Yeah, you, you like we, we got a better idea of what South Carolina is because they couldn't block against a bad defense. So, yes, you can do that. But you can't say that like App State is going to be is better a team than South Carolina because they force overtime and South Carolina couldn't. Like that just it's not how this works. We can't be doing scoreboard math in week two to declare which team is better than any other. If you want to, that's fine, but you shouldn't think less of Kentucky because they haven't just blown away teams and they didn't cover against an FCS team. Like just relax. Everything's gonna be okay. Just and that that's the part that frustrates me the most, TJ, is just because Satterfield beat the snot out of him, Kentucky fans are disappointed and upset because the offense didn't run up the scoreboard. Interesting. A lot to take in. I think you're overall, like, I think overall I just agree with your sentiment that, like, this doesn't mean the end of the world. So it's kind of hard to push back overall when at the end of the day I do agree with your your overall point. I just don't make it from like a whether it's deserved or not deserved. Eastern Kentucky shouldn't really get any credit, I think, for Kentucky's performance Saturday. And that's probably unfair to Eastern Kentucky. It's probably unfair to their coaches. It's unfair to their players. 
But I think like Kentucky, I think we all had the mindset that this UK team was good enough where things could go horribly wrong. They could play a bad game, but just from a talent standpoint, the likes of Eastern Kentucky would lose by 30 and you wouldn't even sweat it out because, you know, it's Kentucky versus Eastern Kentucky. And I think what happened is we saw that like, oh, when UK plays a bad game, they can be competitive against an FCS team. That's alarming for a lot of folks. And I don't think that people are just going to be willing to accept that like, well, you know, Eastern had a good game plan. They came out ready to play. They they were a little bit more motivated. They've got talented players. They've got people that were winning awards for their level of competition and whatnot. I don't think people want to hear that about Eastern Kentucky. I think more folks are just alarmed that like, oh, our basement is much lower than we thought it was. We thought that like, hey, this team's talented enough that, yeah, they could have a bad game but a bad game's still going to rout a MAC team. It's still going to beat the brakes off an FCS team. In reality, it, it, we found out that when UK plays poorly, there's not a team left on their schedule that they could guarantee that they're guaranteed to beat. And I think that's kind of the eye-opening thing for some people. But that being said, don't play that poorly again. Boom, problem solved. If you play that badly, yeah, you're probably going to lose to just about anybody else on the schedule. The easy fix? don't play that badly anymore. And they turned it on. You know, they eventually, the offense eventually turned it on. They eventually got going. They were finishing drives, doing things that they needed to do. But just, it's a 60-minute game. And if you're not playing the level you need to, I think what we learned is this UK's team, uh, they they can stink. They can play very, very poorly. And when that happens, it's not going to be fun to watch there's no reason to think that this is going to be the norm, though. Not yet, at least. But if you go out and you do that against Akron, then I think big picture people are going to be pretty concerned. So I think the only reason you got the pushback is just because you tried to use some, you tried to rationalize it by saying, hey, you know, Kentucky didn't play bad, and Eastern Kentucky is a pretty solid football team. I just don't think people wanted to hear anything positive about Eastern Kentucky, and that's probably unfair to them, but I think that's where why people were coming after you. Yeah, 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 which is fine. I don't really care. Um, like, pointing out that they have good players on their football team, though. Um, it's, like, and it, it sounds like chicken bleep to say it, but it's like, man, can they not just play another FCS team? Because, I mean, it's basically UK white. Like, the amount of former recruits, former players, former coaches, like, the amount of kids that were – High school football stars in the state that went to play there that I'm sure were chomping at the bit. I mean, Braden Sloan had a touchdown catch. He was a Wayne County State champion. He played pretty well, I thought, for him. Jackson Hensley was a guy who tested well at UK, but they were just like, ah, we don't really need another receiver. Sorry. Um, he played well for him. Uh, I think he uh, – no, he did not lead them in receiving. But nevertheless, a lot of – like, to your, to your point, TJ, yeah, I was just pointing that out in the line of fire. Kentucky played bad. And if you look at the, if you want to try to judge it based off stats and grades and all that, the tackling has not been good through two weeks. Um, that was the lowest graded aspect of their game uh, on PFF. Missing tackles, taking bad angles on tackles, and allowing explosive plays to happen. I mean, that that's the part that's a little bizarre here that we did not expect. Um, but it's the preseason. You've got you've, you're halfway through two tune-ups. You've got another one coming this upcoming week. And 
the 10 penalties for, I mean, Kentucky had 10 penalties for 70 yards, I believe, but it felt like a lot more because they just didn't all get, like they didn't all get accepted, right? It would be like a free play and they would throw it long. Um, but I, some of it, I mean, just watching the NFL yesterday, how many penalties were there? How many, like even the field goal operations in the NFL were just off yesterday. Um, so like, you know, clean it up, cats, get it together. You've got one final tune-up before the stuff begins, and even then you're going up against a bad Vandy defense where your offense should be able to score. So finding the right balance there. Um, I, I think one thing that we might have not have um, prepared accordingly enough is just how is this offense going to adjust to passing it first? I think that's part of this. It's just like how do we how do we become a pass-first offense? It's clunky at times. They tried to give, I know a texter alluded to it uh, on the Thorns text line, but like, do we give them easy throws to start off? And it's like, yeah, they did that. The first two plays, Dane got tackled six inches short of the first down in the game, and then the quarterback sneak overturns it. Uh, and I think Leary ended up getting sacked or hit or something happened on third down where the pressure got to him and he didn't get the pass off. But that's what they were trying to do. Um, but it just, that they, they haven't been able to start the game in sync in the passing game. He got a first down on that, by the way. They got it. They needed to move the chains there, uh, but they didn't. And it always seems like when there's these woulda, coulda, shouldas with UK football, where it's like, well, if they just move the chains there, then maybe that entire start's different. And but regardless, you, you need to play better against Eastern Kentucky. You need to look better against them, and especially you need to be playing a cleaner game. Which I think the penalties, if you're if you're looking for like a little feather in the cap of what. Saturday really was. It, it was a game that UK just wasn't mentally in for whatever reason, and that's that shouldn't be the case. You know, when you know Mark Stoops is the the coach that he is, the program's in the spot that it's in. He should know better than that. They're like, hey, you, you got to get these guys motivated. You, they've got to be ready to go, and they weren't. I think that was clear. I think the penalties are a clear indication of that. That just like mentally, they were sloppy. They were sloppy across the board, and it led to sloppy play. And they eventually did figure it out and turn it around, and they did get a win. It was a double-digit win. It could have been by 10, 11. It could have been by 99. You know, who's really to say when you say it's a double-digit win? But uh, it doesn't have to mean much moving forward. But the the, the sloppiness, that's just, that's just being ready to play sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And they just weren't ready to play. Uh, again, maybe it's because it was the opponent. Maybe... You, I don't know. You get so up for the season opener after not getting to hit anybody, and then you the, the week one ends, and it's like, all right, well, now get that excited again for Eastern Kentucky, and it's like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I can. I, 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 we need a big opponent on the schedule. I don't know. You can rationalize it a lot of ways. You can be a hater if you want, and you can say, you know what, I've seen enough. This team's not going to do anything. You can go that route as well. We'll learn more when they actually play somebody worth a Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the, the hardest part of this for me, and I think for a lot of fans, is you get all hyped for the season. You want to learn more about your team. And I think through two weeks, we haven't learned a lot new about our – like, we're still waiting to see more. We're still – we're just to we're waiting for we more. We have no idea, right? Yeah. Like, I, I still I, – yeah, I'm not confident that I've learned – a bunch of new stuff about the team. It's happy to see Leary kind of get rolling, but yeah, I'm. <laughs> there's. It's like well, we oh, don't man. know if this will translate to you know power five teams. Uh, we don't know if once they get 
somebody that's the le- their level of competition, if the light bulb's going to switch on for them and they're going to take it to the next level and they're just kind of right now just going through the motions a little bit, we, we, we don't know. Uh, we do know that Leary can make some really nice throws. We know that these wide receivers can make really nice plays. We know that drops could be an issue, which we don't love to see. I think we know that this team has not yet really established the run game. And I think that's been a little bit concerning up to this point, but we'll have to see what it looks like. Uh, You know, I don't think it's going to magically look better against better competition, but sometimes going against smaller wonky defensive lines, it's not really the best indication for what you've got up front, but they haven't been able to establish the run game on the defensive side of the ball. The front seven, I think for the most part is doing well, maybe not playing as consistently as I would like, but I've got no major issues there. And then we were a little concerned about the secondary. It's a little bit different concerns than we thought, but somewhat similar in some degrees. And we'll just need to see them against a decent offense. So the the long and the short of it is that game against Eastern Kentucky was somewhat unacceptable or disappointing. Um, You can use whatever adjective or word or phrase to describe it, but it doesn't have to mean anything. And that's just the, the truth. Even for the haters, they're probably not wanting to hear that. It doesn't have to mean anything if you go out and just take care of Akron the way that we think that they would. I've got a fun fact about Akron. Hmm. What's the fun fact? You know, a lot of people have turnover chains. Do you know what Akron has? I saw it on Sports Center Sunday morning. <laughs> they have a turnover tire. And, and it's not, he it's says, not like, yeah, it's, it's it, not it, like, you know, a chain that was kind of turned into a tire or they took a tire and they made it into like this cool little, it's just a tire. Like, yeah. It looks like an inner tube that like you would see at a used tire place. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, yeah. yeah. So if Leary turns the ball over on Saturday, you're going to have Akron just waltzing up and down the sideline with a tire around their necks. So I don't. We can't yeah. have that happen. Are we nope, talking like nope, a full nope. size tire? Yeah, it just looks like, like a tire. It looks like a spare. Uh, oh, okay, so it's a little skinnier. I mean, kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay, but yeah, just a tire. Still like, got to be heavy. Just, it's not very practical. I don't think you could see out of it all that well, especially with your helmet on. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so either. Um, but uh, also coached by Joe Moorhead. Former Mississippi State coach. He, Can fans bring in their own tires to the game? I'm not sure. Scoots, I can send you a link if you want to see the tire. Yeah, I definitely want to see uh-huh. the tire. Yeah, I, I know you want to see the tire. Um, while he's looking at the tire, can we before we end the break, can we please make fun of Miss, Michigan State and Mel Tucker? Because uh, what a disaster. Like It seemed like the make fun of kind of situation. I mean, I just he he sexually harassed a sexual harassment activist. Like I don't the allegedly the first and foremost that school is just like one. I mean, it's the amount of sex crime controversy up there. It's despicable, and the latest. I mean, I just can't. Mel Tucker, if you missed yesterday, he's been suspended by the university pending a Title IX investigation without pay. It's the precursor to him eventually getting fired. Uh, Mel Tucker was the $95 million man. His contract, I mean, it changed the way that, that that deal changed the way college coaches are getting paid um, after their 11-2 and season. 
um, his record as a Michigan State head coach, or just as a head coach in general, he was five and six at Colorado when they hired him. I think he was like two and five in that COVID season. Blew up with Kenneth Walker and Co. Went eleven and two, um, and then didn't make a bowl game last year. They were two and zero to start this season, but I mean that program from the football, basketball, Larry Nasser, a lot of sexual assault scandals there. They brought in a woman who I, I didn't pull her name up before getting into the story, but uh, she was working with the football program uh, to have speaking engagements, like tell people like, hey, this is not what you should do. She was a sexual assault survivor. I think it was a, like more explicitly a gang rape survivor uh, in a college town from a college football program. She would share her story to help gain some empathy, to help try to change um, minds at college football programs. And then now Tucker is purportedly, um, I mean, allegedly like had phone sex with her that she described as sexual harassment, opened up a lot of wounds, and now he's been suspended without pay. So it's, um, it's a mess, TJ, a damn mess and pretty despicable behavior if it's true. And we've probably seen the last of Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Yeah, it, it's a horrible, it's a horrible situation. The stuff going on in Michigan State. Sometimes we joke about U of L being the the horniest college in America, um, and some of theirs was like criminal behavior. But like you know, it was kind of more fun to like, hey, you brought in strippers to the basketball team. Like kind of gross, but you could get why the media was kind of all over a story like that. The, all this stuff going on in Michigan State isn't even like fun to talk. It's not no, fun to talk yeah, about. It's like, gross. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It's 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 not even like good radio topics because it's just like humans be better. That's just disgusting behavior. And the stuff with Mel Tucker is no different. This is somebody that is brought in in speaking engagements to change cultures and change locker rooms and change opinions and change minds. And I I think Mel Tucker's side of the story needs to be heard out and they're going to do an investigation and, and I think they're going to be able to get to the bottom of this. Certainly a lot more than just my opinion, but you guys obviously know that. And uh, But even if, like, you know, he, this is going to come down to what he, it's already at this point where Mel Tucker's saying, like, this was consensual. You know, she was, she, we were into each other. Like, we had a, we had a relationship. It was kind of, and he's married. So, I mean, just to begin with, that's right. a whole different conversation for a different thing. But you only probably had her number because of like organizing when you're coming to the locker room, like with you know what maybe is a good message to send, what the players kind of need to hear in the context of your story, and it just kind of feels like you preyed on this person a little bit. Like you were, they, they were strictly there. She was strictly there to kind of tell her story, share a pretty powerful message, and somewhere along the line you got into like thinking sexting this person was appropriate or okay. I can't like at a minimum, whether or not it was consensual, not consensual. What were you, what were you thinking? Just thinking that that was appropriate, even off the get go, Uh, which is (laughs) wild. Like your, your line of thinking, your judgment in a situation like that. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that he like, wasn't just completely being a total creep. Although Roush sadly does sound like he, he was and definitely, 
cross yeah. lines that probably should see his termination through. I mean, with the situation, at least I think I'm, I'm very pro like people make mistakes. I think forgiveness goes a long way. The line, just how many wrong decisions would be made for Mel Tucker going down this road if all of this ends up being true? You just you'd have to get him out. It's pretty gross stuff. Yeah, it just I can't. I, I it's very frustrating that uh, men can sometimes just be pigs, um, and the amount of like stuff that we got over the off season too, the summer of like high school coaches sending inappropriate messages to uh, younger girls uh, that they were often coaching. It's like how for why you're putting it on your phone, you dumbass. And secondly, how, how many creepy old men were saying inappropriate things, you know, 30, 40 years ago to teenage girls that we just didn't know about. Cause there wasn't text message proof. I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't know what it's worth. It's gross. I just, I <sighs> be better people be better. Time for another commercial break on a serious topic. We'll see Gosh. what Scoots has lined up for us Here this we time. Go. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Gale. I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. It's like this and like that and like this and up. It's like that and like this and like that and up. It's like this and like that and like this and up. Drake creep to the mic like a fan. Well, I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. But I don't think I cut because my people kept peeping. Now it's time for me to make my impression felt. So sit back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. See, now that you finally won a game, right, you feel looser, the pressure is off, and that will lead to a lot more victories. Yeah, that and a water boy getting 20 sacks a game. That too? Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96 1 FM, 1450 AM. One final segment here on your Monday edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Keeps all Saritas in mind for your lunch plans or dinner or catering, whatever you've got going on. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Check out their wildly addictive chips. Everything made in-house, fresh, ready to go at Salseritas. It's delicious. It's addictive. Download the app. Save time. Save money at Salseritas. And you can order all online at the touch of your fingers, catering or lunch or dinner plans, whatever you need. Check them out today. Salseritas, location in Middletown. It's got a drive through St. Matthew's covered patio for all this beautiful weather. We love them. You will as well. We love the Thornton's text line. We haven't done a great job getting to it today, but maybe we do that now unless either one of you two have any quick hitters you'd like to bring up. I'm good. Okay. That's that. That is that. I'm trying to scroll up to see where the text line starts. you got to scroll a long time, Roush. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Oh, I imagine a lot of people <laughs> probably weren't happy with the UK game on Saturday. I imagine we got Yeah, our, our guy Stephen Peake, he was like, let me mic up some people during the game, and he picked a bad game to do that. Oh, like yeah. fans? Yeah. Your yeah. fans just, like, cussing the entire time? Yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> well, I don't know how much he's going to even be able to use. I'm glad that I wasn't mic'd up at the, the birthday parties that I were at. 
yeah, it's it's always just a good idea to like like I I deleted not I didn't delete tweets, but I like typed things out and I was like, you know what, you don't need to say this because you're gonna feel really stupid when you look at this like hours from now. I watched the 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 end of the UK Eastern Kentucky game. Roush, you you'll you'll never guess who I watched the end of the UK Eastern Kentucky game with. Big Blue Drew. Oh, that'd be nice. I miss Big Blue Drew. Uh, no, my my good friend Peyton Siva. He he was oh. at, he was at the birthday party we were at. Uh, real real nice fellow, but not who I would have guessed I would watch UK Eastern Kentucky with. Uh, there was. The first half of the game, uh, the birthday we had two birthday parties Saturday. The first half was like all UK fans, and we were all just like misery watching together. Like, oh, this is embarrassing. You know, this is bad. And, but we were outside. We were eating. We were having a good time. And then the second birthday party, also a great time, enjoyable. But it was all U of L fans. Like I was literally the only UK fan. And then we had sweet little Lucy in her UK cheerleading outfit, which she absolutely loved. Uh, and people were even like, oh, you look really cute, but I don't like the blue. It, it's it's like when, you know, a politician dies and it's like, I didn't agree with this person, but I'm sad that they're dead. Well, do we have to add the caveats for everything? My daughter can look cute, even if you're a U of L fan in UK gear. All right, everybody. A little, little side rant there. Uh, but it was, it was not like the most fun place to watch the game when your team is being way too competitive with an FCS opponent and you're surrounded by U of L fans. Luckily UK did enough to win, you know, like it didn't come down to the final play or anything like that. But I was a little nervous just because if UK loses and I'm in a house full of U of L fans, I may just need to like quiet, do the old Irish goodbye. I may need to just quietly sneak out of here. Luckily the cats took care of business, but not the, not the watch party I was anticipating, but I was not mic'd up, but it was probably a good thing in the first half that I wasn't. I could imagine I see peak would get a similar reaction from, from me as well. Did you, did you listen to the progress? Were you able to hear um, what was being said? Like the sec network play by play guy saying oh. that, Everybody wanted him in the transfer portal, but nobody wanted him when he was 11 years old in foster care. We did have the sound on, but I didn't hear it. I, I remember that, like, you know, I remember watching that part where they're kind of zoomed in on him. He's having that conversation on the sideline. But no, and I, I guess I just wasn't listening to the audio. The sound was on, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Uh, wild stuff. Well, let's just, who, Takeo Spikes, right? It was uh, the other guy. It was the main guy, Sousa, Peter oh, Sousa. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, let's hope that that's not like you know. I don't think he should lose his job because of that. Let's hope that's a really good learning experience for him. Um, I, I think. I think he had like a sentiment in his mind, and then he just said it as poorly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, even so, like trying to connect the. Oh yeah. It's just, man, because he definitely workshopped that line. You know, think, like, that, that's like, the saddest part of it. Yeah, the the overall tone or attitude was everybody wanted this guy in the transfer portal, but he's got a pretty incredible story being in foster care. But just bad, bad, bad thing to say. Just because people are in foster care, and even if they're in foster care for a while, it does not mean that they're not wanted. It does not mean that people did not want them. There's different situations and different circumstances for everybody. I, I, again, I think his, his attitude was just like, you're an inspiring story. 
But the way it came out was just a, a fart word salad. It was not good at all. Very gross. Not tasty. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, not at all. Not at all. Poorly um, said, but hopefully he can learn from that. Um, I didn't, we didn't go back to Tavian Robinson, but I just, I did want to salute him because like a lot of, they've seen him have success in the games, but he wasn't, he didn't end last year on good terms really with the team whatsoever at all. And he promised them he'd go to work and that's exactly what he did. And he's just stayed the course. He's been a steady Eddie and it showed on Saturday. They needed somebody to be steady I know Danky had a death in the family. I think that's why he was a little rattled. Barry on Brown is just so volatile. A lot of my tweets, I just was like, I'm deleting Barry on Brown tweets because I'm very, like, I'm not, I can't, I'm very frustrated with him, but then, like, he's going to go do something amazing, and he did. So, like, he's he's just going to be one of those guys all year that I'm going to be frustrated with. But Tavian Robinson, he's a steady Eddie. Uh, the Cats will be in good shape. Glad to see that he's, showing signs of maturity and it, and it's paying off with explosive plays on Saturday. Yeah, he was really fun to watch. That was a, a bright spot for sure. What do we got next on the Thornton stacks line? Uh, 1236, the second quarter, I'm about done with the lack of effort from Brown and Key. They're dropping balls, breaking off routes. No effort on blocking. Those two need to wake the hell up. Same for Cox and Burton. They've both been pathetic for five quarters. Um, yeah, e- Eli has not been... Uh, it ha- I don't think it's been the smoothest transition back to him, uh, but he did improve in pass protection this week. The whole offensive line uh, did. If you go off PFF grades, they were in the 90s in pass protection, and I don't believe they gave up a sack either. Gave up two, or no, one, sorry, excuse me, um, on a blitz that was on third. Now I remember that now, yeah. But um, aside from that, they seem to have played well when it comes to pass pro. I'd say my biggest like big picture concern at this point in the season with UK football is the lack of just push in the run game from the offensive line. It just it seems like even on the big runs, it's been timely cuts or nice cuts by Ray Davis, and hopefully he's going to be healthy enough. That injury that late in the game, I did not like seeing that, but it didn't. Nobody's really talking about it all, so hopefully it's nothing too serious or too severe there. But that would probably be my biggest. Like, again, I'm going to say it a million more times, the game against Eastern Kentucky, that that could be totally meaningless. Take care of business against Akron. We'll completely forget about it. But biggest concern, just at the start, two games in, the offensive line on the run game does not look to really be doing much. And I, I, well, that's a little concerning. Some of that is just the way that they're going to play now. Like, inside zone is we're going to drive you off the block straight downfield. Outside zone, they're trying to reach you and what the runners cut back. So, like, some of that's just the nature of the plays, TJ. But there, you you are correct, though, in that, like, uh, sometimes it doesn't look like there's holes. And I also think a lot of – man, some of the running backs, it's like you see a hole there and they're just running right into a dude's back. Like, and then you, I mean, Barion, you ran right into Josh Caddis. Just don't run into the guy. Like, uh, I, I think some of it is on the runners, but you are right, right in the aspect of, like, a couple of these short-yarded situations. It feels like they're just running into the backs of linemen that are not pushing people down the field. Yeah. Yeah, and 
maybe it gets figured out. You're going against smaller defensive lines that are, you know, relying more on speed than strength. And it, again, it, plenty of time to get it all figured out. I just think my biggest concern is like, oh boy, I'm not so sure we're going to have much of a rushing game when we need it the most. But again, it's early in a very young college football season. A uh, texter says, I'm with Scoots. You have both good luck and bad luck, just like you're a boy and a girl. It makes sense if you don't think about it, says the texter. Wow, suck it, texter. Yeah, they're definitely making fun of me. That's okay. The luck thing is one thing that I've always believed in. I will always believe in it. So if you're not on board with that, suck it. Did you go? You didn't make it to the German American Fest this weekend, did you? No, and I'm actually so. Oh, I'm so mad about it. I don't know why my oh my opa didn't call me and remind me that Oktoberfest was this weekend. I've gone to Oktoberfest every year for like the last six years. So I reminded you on on Instagram. Sounds like a you problem. So upset. Yeah, it looked like it was a blast. I can't believe you weren't there. Always is a Uh, blast. By the way, Trevor took the ACT this weekend. Wow. When he told me that he actually, like, he was like, yeah, we'll Woke up from taking the ACT, and I was like, I can't, I can't believe you actually went through with it. That might be the most dedication he's ever had to a bit ever. He said that, let me, you, you'll have to listen to him at the Mike Rutherford show. It's going to be a much anticipated Mike Rutherford show, strictly because of Trevor Kelsey taking the ACT. <laughs> he, he showed up to Wagner. I, I, you know, there's this, these poor, like 15, 16, 17 year old kids. Some of them may be taking the ACC, ACT for the first time and they're going to forever remember, like, yeah, there was this like 50 year old dude next to me. He, he reeked of cigarettes. There's other people around that's probably like, all right, I'm going to take the ACT just one more time. I'm really hoping to just get a few more points so I can get that scholarship. And and mommy and daddy are going to be so proud of me. And then they get home. It's like, all right, son, did you get? Did you do no, good enough to get that scholarship? No, I probably not. I was sitting next to this 50-year-old dude who reeked of cigarettes. I couldn't pay attention to the test. He brought a calculator that they give maybe a four-year-old for their first calculator as they get to school, which is true, actually. Uh, Mike Rutherford tweeted out the the calculator that Trevor used, and it was. It was just like a a little kitty calculator, which <laughs> it's not like he'd know how to operate a T93 or whatever they're called. Um, the, the TI, the Texas Instruments ones. Uh, this is what he told me. English and reading, I feel good about, which is hilarious if you've ever heard him read or just talk. <laughs> he said math was rough. Uh, I can't say the comparison he gave it to because it's not safe for radio. It's very inappropriate just to, uh, in general, even to text a friend. Uh, he said science was more of the same, but it was more gentle than the math. So he is saying that he just got absolutely rocked for, uh, he said he used the calculator on two <laughs> questions out of 40. And I said, did you get a smoke break? And he said, I did, LOL, but I've got a story about that. I was a hot topic of discussion in the hallways. That calculator is freaking hilarious. <laughs> Is that literally from when he was a child? It's got his name on it. And then I followed it up with, obviously, the basic question everybody's wondering is, did you at any point fart during the entire day? He said he did not. Uh, Because he said, which is kind of amazing, because the desk was squeezing, was really squeezing my belly bad that he was sitting in. So just imagine Trevor in this, (laughs) big old Trevor getting his little desk, taking the ACT. But to his credit, he showed up, 
and he finished it, which are more than I really thought was going to happen. So hats off to Trevor for doing that. And now we just wait to see what score he gets. I'm sure it's going to be high. Not. Sure, he was high. TJ, my goodness, UofL absolutely hosed your pops on those seats. So cheated. Oh, yeah, big time. Poor Terry Sr. UofL, have they no shame? Anything and everything to make a buck. Uh, He's been in that spot for like 20 years. I tweeted it out on Friday, but he's been in that spot for 20 years. He gets to the game Thursday, and now there's just like new railing, new on-field suites there, seats there. I I did mention this on Friday. And then they have a security person that was standing there. Um, Yeah, UofL fans not happy about all that. But yeah, we did mention that on Friday. Uh, Texter? Uh we got to move ahead because I, I read yep. one out of order. Are the officials just not going to call holding on an EKU's offensive line today? Silver clearly being held and Ox forces to throw out of bounds and Weaver being held on the touchdown run. Terrible start on both sides of the ball. They were letting Eastern Kentucky play really physical, which if you're Eastern Kentucky, like that's what you're telling your people is like, hey, you know, DBs, hold, pass interfere. What are they going to do? Call it every time. Just be aggressive. Don't go over the top and see if you can get away with it. And they, for the most part, let them get away with a lot of stuff, but who cares? You know, they, they should, that Kentucky should still be able to overcome all that stuff and be fine. But uh, I noticed a few things too, but I wasn't even getting mad about it because, you know, if you're UK, you should be able to overcome that stuff anyways. Then they call hold on Caddis first play. Yeah. Official stink. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, Leary keeps missing high again and again. What's going on? Is there an injury we don't know about? Is he still recovering from last year? Not impressed at all with his play through the first game and a half this season. Um, What about last half of a game? That's what's fun about uh, these texts on the Thorns text line because he, he did get it together. Hell, that one catch by Anthony Brown-Stevens, like that was an impressive play. It was. It's felt, it felt like a while that if Leary's on, the receivers aren't, and if the receivers aren't, then he is. Like they just they've been out of sync. Now they did in the second half, but uh, the other thing too, his deep balls have kind of been on the money. I mean, the one two that were Brown went deep. Like I, I expect him to be more open, and he was only off. He overthrew him about like a half step. And then Isaiah Cummings, it was going to be a tough catch, but I mean, Leary put it right in the breadbasket, man. Like that was a, that could have been a forty-yard gain, and he wasn't uh, wasn't ready to rock and roll. Hot take: I'm not concerned about Leary uh, at all. I, I've seen enough yeah. to feel he'll be fine. I've I, I've been think overall, maybe impressed isn't the right word, but I've certainly have not been concerned. He'll be all right. I'm not. I'm I'm really not worried about that. Just make sure you keep protecting him, and he'll he'll make the throws needed when needed. It's halftime and we're tied 7-7 seven to seven with EKU. Only 35 days till Big Blue Madness. A lot of folks weren't happy with the first I mean, half. I, also, I happy either. C.L. Brown really got his pulse on the Big Blue Nation. Like his big column, don't jump to basketball just yet. It's like nobody, who who out there is like, I'm I'm ready for basketball. That's Okay, we well, there's one. There's your there's your CL Brown article. He he wrote an article for one. Hey fellas, Brad from Bellbrook. My first half thoughts are that the wide receivers are nowhere near as talented as they were hyped up to be. Zero separation against an FCS school, and they're catching the ball like Kadarius Tony. Trevin Wallace is the real McCoy. 
future first, second rounder. Leary has terrible placement on deep balls early in the season, but he's getting no help from the wideouts. I'm four beers down. <laughs> like like that update at the end there. Um, yeah, I also Trevin Wallace, he is he is so good. There's there that's not even like we he's he's just incredible. So good at football. He's got a, a little burst that you think that he's like a running back sometimes with how quickly he can just kind of find the hole to go get the ball carrier or the quarterback, whatever it is. Yeah, he's impressive when he kind of takes off. Man. And that that side uh, is kind of dangerous. Yeah, yeah. We deserve the Louisville slander for this one. Uh, disagree. If, um, if opposing fans want to ridicule, ridicule UK for an ugly game against EKU, we do probably just need to swallow this one. Like, yeah, we stunk against sure. EKU. It was disappointing. But U of L, I would just, you know, you're probably going to need to not get doubled up or lose by 30 to UK before you can really talk trash. And maybe you'll do that. This, if you feel good about it, U of L fans, then, then bring it on. Because I'm still not worried about it either, even after a disappointing performance against EKU. Uh, but that being said, beating a team 56 to nothing better than 28 to 17. Yeah, it's, that's true. I that think most true. people would say Eastern Kentucky is better than Murray State, but but who really cares? You know, you, against FCS opponents, you're expected to just beat the brakes off of them. Kentucky struggled, and we're tied at half. That's a little bit embarrassing, but I'll. U of L fans just worry about beating UK and then you can talk trash, but until then you really shouldn't. Nope, really shouldn't do it. Oh, we got a long one next. Oh, it's a doozy. Students and company have been preaching the next step is beating Georgia and getting in Atlanta. How about we focus on taking care of business and beating inferior opponents consistently first? I mean, they, they beat him. Um, <laughs> That performance was abysmal. Somehow, Stoops teams always find a way to come out flat in these types of games, and that's how we lost to Vandy last year. Can't happen. I'm sure Stoops will come out all pissed off in his press conference. The fan base will give him a pat on the back because he's showing emotion. It's just as mad as we are, but this happens way too often. I know a coach in another sport that gets all kinds of heat for similar things. Stoops seems to dodge it. If you want to be a big boy program and take the next step, be consistent and do better. Um, Texter, I think he was like 11 and 2. Or no. Not no, he came into the game ten and two, covering the spread uh, against non-power five opponents before that game. Um, so yeah, like it's not as much as you think. Um, also, like they don't have to beat Georgia this week because Georgia wasn't the team they played on the schedule. Like you're not beating Georgia by putting up seventy against EKU. No, Stoops has a tendency sometimes to play up or down to levels of competition, but you can't ignore that spread number that Roush just said. It's been you just kind of remember and notice these ones a little bit more than you remember and notice the blowouts because they're blowouts and you move on from them. Um, it was a they it was a bad performance. I think that's okay. I think that Stoops is good for about a stinker or two a year. If this is UK stinker though, aren't we all like over the moon happy that they got it out of the way against Eastern Kentucky? But I think some of the concern is is this that maybe this isn't going to be the stinker. Um, maybe there's more coming down the pipe, but. Too early in the season to really say you can go one way or another, and I don't. I you know I don't think some fans may give him a pat on the back if he comes out and he acts really mad and whatnot. That's not really what he did Saturday though. It was more of like, hey, we got a lot of stuff we need to clean up. I know that, but I still really like what I see out there. I really like this group, 
it was more of a quiet confidence than from Stoops, at least with what he was saying to Leach after the game. So, and I liked seeing that more than than anything else because I kind of believe him. He could be wrong, but I when I, when he says that he thinks everything's going to be all right, I believe him, and I still think that it's probably going to be a pretty good year. Kentucky needed a 95-yard pick six to beat Chattanooga in the same year that they won 10 football games. Like, I just can't. Bad games can happen. Yeah, no, like it, it happens. Uh, Roush getting ra- ratio to Bolivia for his post-game tweet. Tough scene. It's actually in-game. I was just getting roasted the whole time, and I even doubled down afterwards. D- didn't no, no cares in the world. Uh, we're still rolling with it. Uh, this is why you try to pick players that play in domes in fantasy when you all discussed it a week or so ago. First weather report looks dreadful. Yeah, but you don't need to pick an entire season because of that. You can sometimes just kind of start and sit, but you do need to take weather into consideration at times with fantasy, which maybe I maybe I should not have started Joe Burrow for that reason, but Joey Biscuit's got to be better than that anyways. They were horrible. Um, I did think the Browns were going to win. I did not think it was going to be in that fashion, though. Pretty, Pretty disrespectful di- how much you all – how much hype we've heard regarding Leary being better than Levis. Levis appears to be a lot better so far. Well, maybe we give Devin Leary more than two games. Maybe. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read off the stats from Will Levis's first two games? Yeah, go ahead. Quarterback? Okay. Um, it's loading. It's loading. Um, he was he completed 55% of his passes in his second game for 170 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Uh, first game against Louisiana Monroe. He completed 70% for four touchdowns and 300 yards. So, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Chattanooga was his third game where he had two picks, two touchdowns, 255 passing yards. So, a, a yeah. lot of takes flying around. The truth is, it, yeah, we got to let the season play out a little bit more. Ramon Jefferson needs more touches, looks solid on his three carries. Offensive line and secondary is not very good. I was at eight and four before the season. Now I'm thinking more like six and six. No excuses, Roush. The uh, the the part I'm 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 with you on like let's let's figure out who running back two is uh, this week. Like let's let's try to get to the bottom of that. Uh, you know, McLean had one decent run and he fumbles it, and was fortunate the ball bounced back to him. Um, Ramon Jefferson had a really nice explosive run. Like how how is this all going to look? So yeah. Uh, find a running back two this week. All right. We've got a ton more texts to get to. We'll try to get to them tomorrow. Uh, people are making fun of the Steelers on the text line. Always fun to see. But we're out of time. Only a two-hour radio show. We will be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. A lot more to recap. A lot more to get to. A lot of stuff we didn't find time for today. This is KRC. I'm Big X. Thanks for all the texts into the show. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gailey. Jump in the rover and come over. Tell your friends, jump in the GF3. I got the and I'll by the trees. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. To the honeys getting money, playing fellas like dummies. Uh. You got a gun up in your waist. Please don't shoot up the place.